I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today, we're going to be talking about bipolar disorder. Yes, we are. That's a topic we've been wanting to talk about for a while. And so, I finally forced you... Finally got me to do it. <laughs> ...to do it. Because I know a lot of you guys out there are dating somebody that is bipolar or in a relationship with somebody that is. Or, you might be yourself and not even know it. Or, you, they might be and you didn't even know it. Right. So today, we're going to be looking at it and some of the symptoms of it, what it is, how it affects people, and how it will affect your relationships. Okay. So why don't you lead this one and I'll just follow your coattails. Okay. It, bipolar disorder is a term that we hear fairly frequently these days and I think probably the general public is aware of the manic symptoms. Mm -hmm. Bipolar is like the North Pole and the South Pole. At the north end is mania, the condition of mania, which is wild and crazy and noisy. At the South Pole, we have the depressed side of bipolar disorder, and that's why it's called bipolar. It is a mood disorder. Now, what does a mood disorder mean? It means that your mood fluctuates in either frequently or dramatically. Now, is that inherited? Well, there are, it's strongly indicated that it occurs in families. I think it's about 30% of people who are in fact diagnosed bipolar, that they have a first or second level family member who also has the condition. Mm -hmm. So it runs strongly in families. Mm -hmm. I don't know that anyone knows why that is. Um, so that can certainly happen if you have someone who has bipolar relatives put up your little antennae to see if they do. Mm -hmm. Bipolar disorder at its full-blown is a major mental illness which means it interferes with your reality testing and with your ability to function. And I think that's really important for people to understand. Right. And like any other condition it exists on a spectrum. There are people who have full-blown manic episodes, and I'll talk more about what those look like later. And I've lived with those, because yes, my stepfather yes, was bipolar. I can tell you how challenging they can be to deal right. with in a, right. when you're living with it. They're totally unpredictable. And again, we get back to my least favorite concept, which is walking on eggshells. Yes. But it doesn't make much difference, because they're not clearly thinking enough to really respond to what we do. Mm -hmm. um, the other major mental illness is schizophrenia, and that's a thought disorder. We're not going to talk about that today, but I just wanted to let you know. There's a major mental illness that has to do with mood, and one that has to do with the clarity or your ability to organize your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bipolar disorder is absolutely no joke. Um, it is the sixth leading major cause of disability in the world, and there are wow. studies on it from all over the world. Um, it affects about six million Americans. That's only about 2.6 percent 
of the population, so that doesn't sound so bad. Except if you have it, or a family member of yours has it, or a friend or a colleague that you see often has it. Mm -hmm. If a person has bipolar disorder, and I want to be really clear about this, they can live a perfectly normal life as long as they're willing to take the medication. Okay. And that is a huge point. That is a huge point, and I'm going to say more about it, because the statistics say that the average person who has bipolar is in the system for three, count them, three years before they're correctly diagnosed and treated. That's incredible. It is incredible. And there are those who say that we underdiagnosed bipolar for many years and that now we're overdiagnosing it. But I never did agree with that. And when I checked on the statistics, um, that's crazy. We're not overdiagnosing it if it takes three years to get the proper treatment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and, and people would be very frustrated, I think, with the system at that point, thinking absolutely. therapists don't work, right. uh, psychiatrists don't work, that's right. medication doesn't work. Well, when you're getting or given the wrong medication right. for right. a different... Because could you explain what would happen if somebody that is bipolar was given a antidepressant? What, what often happens is that people go in for treatment because they've been depressed for a long time. Mm -hmm. If you're at the other end of the spectrum, sometimes the police take you in for treatment because no, every, <laughs> nobody's going to miss it. Everybody's going to see. But if you have a history of recurring depressions and you go to see a psychiatrist, here's the trick. Regular old depression is depression without a manic opposite. It's just plain depression. Mm -hmm. uh, most doctors will treat you for the depression you've complained about without asking enough questions to understand if you've ever had a manic incident or manic-like behaviors, shopping sprees, being extremely irritable, having outbursts of anger and screaming at people, being grumpy all of the time. Um, and they will treat you for the depression. The other thing is it's easier for us as professionals to want to think you have major depression, which is easier to deal with, than to think it's really a manic, that there's a manic component to it. Um, but the criteria for major depression and bipolar depression are exactly the same. Now, I wanted to say, talk about something that you just said. Yeah. You, you mentioned that clinicians or uh, psychiatrists don't want to diagnose bipolar why is that? Because it has rather a bleak out outlook and rather a bad rap. However, as the medication has improved, mm -hmm. and it is the only medication you can begin with, and I'll say more about that later, um, there that is. And so people don't want to think that people have bipolar depression. I'll give you a perfect example. When I was working in a children's home, um, with adolescence, mm -hmm. I had this particular kid who I thought was bipolar. Mm -hmm. She talked nonstop, she was grumpy nonstop, she got in, in trouble in the place for not following the rules at least three times a day, <laughs> and she had what they call pressured speech. She would talk nonstop as if something inside her was making her do it. Mm -hmm. um, I took her to the psychiatrist who also worked for the agency and said, I think she's bipolar. And the psychiatrist asked me why, and I explained. 
And I said, please, please, don't give her another antidepressant. Now, you realize I'm a smart aleck social worker here. Um, <laughs> don't give her another manic, another dose of depression medicine because it's upping her mood and making the mania worse. And that's what happens. If we get that wrong, if it's major depression, bipolar kind, we need a mood stabilizer. Mm -hmm. If it's depression regular kind, a, an antidepressant will work. Anyway, we went so, back... So, what we were trying to say a minute ago, we're coming, kind of coming around to it again if yeah. you lost track. If you are bipolar right. and you get an antidepressant, it brings your manic state from here to here, That's right. making you even worse. And what would happen in a manic state? What would you see somebody do in a manic state? I'm going to tell you an example. Oh, good. Let me give you an example of how people get diagnosed. We, the professionals, really don't want anyone to have bipolar disorder because it involves a great deal of suffering for them, their families, and associates. Mm -hmm. So we would prefer, when somebody comes in with a major depression, to think that it's a plain old major depression mm -hmm. and not a bipolar depression mm -hmm. which could turn into mania any day. Mm -hmm. I brought an adolescent girl to the psychiatrist one day and she had been acting absolutely crazy at the, the girl's home where I worked. Mm -hmm. I was afraid she was having a manic episode and I was also afraid she was going to lose her placement because she was wild and crazy, cursing at people, yelling and screaming. Um, and other, and that she'd have to leave the group home. That she'd have to leave the group home. She was very clearly out of control. Mm -hmm. She was irritable, she was grumpy, all signs of being bipolar. Mm -hmm. The psychiatrist finally saw what I was saying and agreed to try a mood stabilizer the next time I brought her in, but not this time, because she was still hoping when she changed the antidepressant that it would work. Shortly after this appointment, the kid pulled a huge branch off of a tree, swung it around and hit several other kids, and of course, lost the placement. Wow. And when I went back to the psychiatrist, she, she was open and, and very honest and said, I should have listened to you, you see her every day, which I very much appreciated. Um, but you can see how easy it is. The criteria for a regular old depressive and a bipolar depressive episode are absolutely the same. So the only way you can possibly figure out which you have is to get a really careful history, um, which might give you a clue as to whether this person has had any manic episodes or anything like them. You know, have they ever been arrested, gotten in a lot of trouble, got thrown out of any place? Do they have spending sprees? Do they get mad for no reason at all? Mm -hmm. Are they irritable, etc., etc. Wow, it's that's still, a lot to deal with. And it's still very difficult sometimes to tell. Wow. So let's talk about some of those symptoms that you just said. Okay. Um, probably the, the primary symptom that most people are aware of is periodic rages. And what is a periodic rage? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, for no reason at all, it appears somebody goes into a rage, or for a very minor provocation, somebody goes into a rage, um, screams, yells, carries on, makes threats, curses, does all those crazy things that people do. And it appears to come out of absolutely nowhere. Mm -hmm. And if you are that person, or you live with that person, you don't know where it came from either. 
So I would think a lot of people would suspect they were the cause of it. Yes. People think it must have been something, like domestic violence, it must have been something I did yesterday or today that got this person too upset. Yeah. And then we go back to my least favorite topic of walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. But the manic person doesn't always remember quite how outrageous they were. And That's I, interesting. And I do believe that. I've seen enough of it to believe that. And you have to go back and you have to tell them gently, because they're always upset, what they've done. Oh, did I do that? Is an often sincere answer. Really? Yeah. How is it that somebody does something like that and they forget about it? Because a lot of people would say, oh, they're just saying that yeah. so they don't take responsibility right. for themselves. Right. Um, and many people thought that at one point I thought that, but I've seen it, it happen often enough from serious, reasonable people. Remember, it's a major mental illness. And when you've come to the point where you're really in a manic state, you can't control it. Okay, pause. Once you're in the kind of condition that means you're going to have one of those periodic rages, mm -hmm. you are no longer reasonable. So let's remember, this is a major mental illness, and it interferes with your reality contact. What you do in a case like that is that you just as gently as possible um, tell the person exactly what they did, mm -hmm. tell them that you know in their normal state they would never want to do that and get everybody upset. And usually quite quickly people own that, that they wouldn't do it on purpose. The secret to surviving living with bipolar is to know when you're on your way to a manic episode. Okay? Mm -hmm. One of the first symptoms is that you don't sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Suddenly your need for sleep is decreased. Many people get up and clean the house in the middle of the night. Um, people do all sorts of things like that, and it's one of the earliest signs that a, um, a bipolar episode is coming. I would say that one of the newer signs that people will start to see, and probably not until just recently, is uh, maybe any kind of crazy social social media behavior. I'm sure that's true. Posting on I'm Facebook sure or true. anything bizarre at 3 o'clock yes. in the morning yes. is a good indication. People have even been known to get into sexual um, positions and so forth and so on and put it on the, on the uh, social media. Mm -hmm. um, back in the old days, people just ran through the neighborhood, neighborhood naked. <laughs> Very common symptom. The good old days. The good old days. People just ran around <laughs> naked. Now uh, everybody's got to see it on Facebook That's naked. right. Um, and after the period of not sleeping at all comes an abnormally up, upbeat mood. Everything's wonderful. Everything's going to work out great. There's nothing I can't do. I'm not going to mess anything up. Mm -hmm. um, and for that reason... Um, People often end up in the prison system. The prison system is filled with, with grown-ups and adolescents who are bipolar mm -hmm. and can't stop acting out on their manic symptoms, which gets you in trouble every time. Can you think of any people that you worked with oh, in, in particular that I you might be able to share some I stories? I certainly can. <laughs> um, I can think of one woman in particular, I was working in a mental health clinic and this was a very pleasant woman normally. She has, was being seen for some difficulties in her life and it was known that she was bipolar mm -hmm. and she was being medicated for it. 
But eventually what we figured out was the earliest sign for her was not sleeping, but she would also come in for her appointments with more makeup each session. So by the time we went through the, the rouge and the lipstick and the, the wild hair, we were very sure that she was about to have a manic episode. Interesting. And she ultimately agreed, and we, have, it, we had given her a major gift, was that she knew when she was getting manic. If wow. you know when you're getting manic, you can call your doctor, you can ask for an extra appointment. There are things you can do to keep it from happening. Mm -hmm. But once she would pass the point of being able to do that and was in full-blown mania, she would get on the home shopping club and buy huge amounts of items that she didn't even need or want. One time she bought a set of towels that I think would have lasted an army for about a year. <laughs> um, but it seems perfectly reasonable to them at the time. Mm -hmm. And when they're in this manic state, are you able to reason with them at all? You're really not. Um, and it's easy to be fooled because they can look like they're speaking perfectly reasonable. I'll give you an example of that one. Again, when I worked at this children's home, I had an adolescent who got in, tr in trouble often, and we were at the point of debating whether or not she had bipolar disorder. And this one day, she got invited out of school right around lunchtime. And she described that everything was fine until, for some reason, the principal got upset with her and told her to go home. So at that point, she started wandering around the campus of the school, and the principal began chasing her on a golf cart. And she's describing this slow speed chase as if it was perfectly congenial and reasonable. Mm -hmm. And I talked to her when she came back and about 10 minutes later I said, wait a minute, none of that made any sense. Principals don't chase kids around on golf carts. No, she's manic again. And sure, sure enough she was. Um, but there are many variations on the theme and varying degrees of severity. Um, you know, for some people who have the disease in a terrible form, they periodically do crazy, outrageous things. I could tell you, like my stepdad, yep. when he was uh, in a manic state, he thought he could do anything. Yes. Grandiosity is another major symptom of being in a manic state. You're grandiose, you can do anything. Go ahead. That's right. And he would just... He would say whatever he wanted, he would do whatever he wanted, he would gamble, he wouldn't think Gambling he was going to lose. Gambling is very common. Um, yeah. He would make huge bets on horses, convinced he was going to win, and of course he wouldn't, because he's in this fantasy world. Right. And then would probably come the depression. Yeah, of course, because then he's lost all his money and he's laying on the floor depressed, yep. watching... Uh, movies on uh, The Godfather over and over again, or he thought he was the Godfather. I'm except, sure he did. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he did. But again, as I say, it's a major mental illness and you can lose total contact with reality. The other thing is, a, bi a bipolar manic episode is an exciting affair and people are drawn to exciting activities that are likely to get them into trouble, like gambling, mm -hmm. like wild and crazy sex, mm -hmm. people make crazy business ventures. I knew a perfectly reasonable woman one time who was a housewife who came in complaining of depression and thought there might be something wrong when she bought the kids a boa constrictor for a pet. Now, she would never in a million years have done that. Mm -hmm. And that's what gave her the clue on her. But 
People are very drawn to the exciting. Okay? As you can see, there's nothing subtle about mania. Mania does not go unnoticed. Either somebody's yelling at you or they're doing something absolutely crazy. And even when they're yelling at you and they're not in a normal, reasonable state, sometimes they can make perfect sense, which makes you feel crazy. Okay. And the other thing I've seen is that they think they can fight everybody and win. Yes. Yes. And think I've of, talked with clients like that. Absolutely. And think of the prison system. These people get in, get in trouble not for being at the depressed end, but for being at the crazy manic end. And because they have the grandiosity, they never think they'll get caught. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. They never think they'll get caught. Yep. They're invincible, um, and, and there that is. And you're crazy if you don't agree with them. Mm -hmm. um, they can't sleep. They speak extremely rapidly. I always, always worried about Robin Williams, who I thought was the best example of a manic episode where somebody speaks extremely rapidly. You couldn't even keep up with him. Yeah. He was very funny, mm -hmm. but you couldn't keep up with him. Some of the funniest people on earth are bipolar. Okay? Because you can imagine being in the upstate, the person can be very, very funny. Mm -hmm. uh, which of course makes them like there's no filter there's no that's it exactly there's you no know, filter right? look at Charlie Sheen yeah look Charlie Sheen perfect example of mania he had tiger blood he said <laughs> and was and at some point he believed it yep and said he was invincible that he could do anything mm-hmm as you can see this is a not-so-funny disease, if you see it up close. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I saw it up close, I couldn't believe it. Okay? Bipolar people are often nasty, also, and that's when oh, yes. the mania goes wrong. There's nobody funnier, but there's nobody nastier. A bipolar person will find your weakest point and punch you right there. Absolutely. Yeah. They You've are. had that done. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I've seen it done. Yeah. They will. They know exactly how to hurt you the most, and that's right. exactly what they go that's for. That's exactly. What they don't. Do. They don't even play around. They just yeah. go right there. One of my favorite examples of mania. Now you know. I say that in jest, but um, <laughs> I worked in the prison system in Massachusetts, and there's a bridge in Boston that goes over much ocean and connects Boston with the cities north of it. Mm -hmm. And the, br the bridge is called the Mystic River Bridge. Mm -hmm. And we had this one guy who flew his private plane <laughs> under the Mystic River Bridge and back and forth a few times before anybody could get him to come down. That, so in terms of grandiose, big, exciting, there you have it. Right. You, you mean you can't fly the plane under the bridge? No, people were very What's upset the matter with that somebody might get hurt. Yeah. Back he must in, have been a Red Sox fan. Of course he was. He was in Boston. He was, well, wasn't all bad. Yeah, he was a Red Sox fan. Uh, the old... Many years ago we used to talk about um, psychoanalytic therapy and psychoanalysis, but their description of how to tell if somebody's bipolar is to ask yourself this question. Would this person enjoy directing traffic in a Santa Claus suit on the 4th of July weekend? <laughs> And if the answer was yes, then it's mania. I could easily see my stepdad doing that. <laughs> yeah, you could, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, he owned a Santa Claus suit, now that I think about it. No wonder when he was disappearing for days, that's where he was. Yeah. And I had another adolescent who would say sometimes that she would feel very pressed from inside 
to do something that was going to make everybody look at her. You want to entertain somehow. Mm -hmm. I knew an adolescent that almost was like involved in some like kind of like fight club. Oh yeah, fight club, right. Where they would fight, these kids would fight each other on the front lawns and they were now with social media everybody's filming it okay so yes. now they're all like getting caught and they can't deny what they've done right because <laughs> 50 kids are there filming these kids fighting each other i mean and they're li literally pounding on each other good it's, lord oh yeah there's nothing if you're but if you're in a bipolar state there's nothing better than a good fight in school especially and i would always ask kids that you know do you get um involved in fights at school and most kids, especially the girls that you wouldn't expect it of, would say, oh yeah, I have great fights in school and I always win. Because <laughs> they are, in, when they're in that fight, fight mode, mode yeah. that's like, they're, they feel invincible, right. and so they're just, they're, you can't stop them. They're not thinking logically. Like, they're not thinking logically at all. Um, but when you go back to somebody, you have to explain to them very gently that they were not thinking logically at all. And at first they'll argue with you. But if you're sufficiently supportive of, I know, I know you didn't want to do this, then they'll usually come around and listen. I have had family members video each other so that we had the reality right there in front of us. I didn't do that. Um, here's the video. Yeah. What do they say when they're confronted with the reality? Um, they get embarrassed. Sometimes they cry. And usually they say, you're right. I don't want to do that. And I didn't want to do that. Wow. Um, Wow. So, yeah. Um, I remember when I was first a therapist, which was a really long time ago, um, we did not have bipolar medication. It wasn't improved, approved in the United States for use until 1970, which in the big scheme of things may sound like ancient history, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. And I would get people who had grown up with a bipolar parent, say a bipolar mother, Mother would get hospitalized for being manic and doing crazy things. We'd give her medicine that was really for schizophrenia, and of course it didn't help. So eventually, after months or a year, mother would recover from uh, the acute episode of the disease and she'd be discharged. Mm -hmm. She'd take the child back, and for as long as she lasted without an episode of either depression or mania, things would be fine, but then it would happen again. Mm -hmm. And I have had clients who were moved around six and seven times as kids from one relative to another. It absolutely ruined people's lives. Wow. So, but you hear jokes made now and again. If somebody's, you know, angry or causes a lot of trouble, say, oh, they're bipolar. And that's okay to say sort of as slang, but remember that the real thing is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the only treatment for bipolar disorder is medication. The first medication discovered, discovered was called lithium, which you may have heard of. It was discovered by accident in a hospital in Denmark where they were using it for high blood pressure and gout, and to cure gout, if you know what that is. Mm -hmm. um, it's a salt, right? Yes. And at one point it occurred to them that some people who had been crazy for years suddenly were no longer crazy, <laughs> and it was the lithium. Um, wow. So, but it took a long time to approve, and it was approved in other countries before it was approved for us. That seems to be the way things are going, right. huh? Yeah. Um, but I'm very glad those days are gone when children's lives were ruined 
by a mother being hospitalized or, or aunt and uncle or whoever was the caretaker. Um, it was terrible stuff. Um, now, bipolar disorder can be treated, as I said in the beginning, if a person is willing to take the medication, they can live a perfectly normal life. But here's the problem. Nothing, I'm told by my clients who've been manic, nothing on earth feels as good as being in a manic state. And I've heard it from numerous clients that I ask. I said, well, what was it like being manic? It was the most wonderful thing. I don't even have words for it. Mm -hmm. So, Sounds like a date with me. It certainly does, Greg. <laughs> I mean, they always come back for more. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> um, is better. Nothing's better. <laughs> I think he has grandiosity. What do you think? Anyway. I didn't take my medication. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we know your kind. Anyway, and he's, he's hitting on the right note here. Um, why would you want to take medication that's going to bring you back to a normal mood? Okay? One misses the signal that they're going into a manic state. What happens is they can't act on it because they missed it. So they get more and more manic and grandiose and say, I don't need this silly medication. Mm -hmm. Not only do I not need it in my grandiosity, it's going to take this most magnificent feeling away from me. So I'm not taking my meds. Yep. And it happens so commonly that these people are readmitted um, very upset because they were grandiose and didn't think this would ever happen again. So it's a struggle to really accept that you have bipolar disorder and keep with the medication. Yeah. There isn't one single medication that works for everybody. Lithium is still used for some people, but an overdose can be lethal, so people are very careful of that. That's scary. Yeah, and there are, there are numerous other medications that have been developed now, several in the last few years, the most recent one being called Latuda, which I think you see advertised um, on TV periodically. That's how we're all getting our drug education these days. Ask your doctor if Latuda is right for you. <laughs> um, I have people come to me and say I want to be treated for bipolar disorder but I don't want to take medication and I won't take them because it's a it's a false message. There is no treatment for it and we thank God for lithium and all of its cousins um, each day. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons if you're if you're at all old, you remember the days when we had huge mental hospitals in every community. Yeah. We don't have them anymore, thank God, because the medication has gotten so good. Okay? And when I think of the many, many bipolar clients that I've had, um, and I think of the ones who've done well, they're the ones who will acknowledge when they're starting to get manic and probably seek a little extra medication, yeah. And they're people who've been in, in counseling at the same time. Because it's like AA or NA, you need to be reminded every now and again that your condition is real. And the support you get in, in therapy um, helps to do that. Okay? But is it treatable? Yes. Bipolar depression is a very, very difficult thing as well. It's a, what I call you can't get out of bed depression. In other words, you are so depressed um, that you just can't do anything. Um, and of course the amount of lost productivity and income and all of that is terribly difficult. Mm -hmm. And again, we have to be so careful. And I think it's the biggest mistake we make 
as a mental health field is to get that diagnosis right the first time. And that is going to take, I think, a while because it seems like, you know, what you mentioned earlier, the psychiatrists don't want to give that diagnosis. Right. And so... And they've also been kind of beaten up for over-diagnosing bipolar. Why? I have no idea. But it can be three years on the average before a person gets the right diagnosis and treatment for it. Mm -hmm. And think of the amount of trouble you can get into in between <laughs> if you're manic or if you're depressed. I mean, you can get in trouble in three minutes. <laughs> yes, all in three minutes. And I've had people say, you don't know anybody who can get in trouble as fast as I can. Well, I may or may not. Three minutes is about the best I've heard. Yeah. Um,